thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. children isn't it and uh, it's good to see families together and and obviously today is, is one of those days that's quite difficult for some uh, when we think of Father's Day because some of us may be, may be de- desperately missing that father some of us may have not got the best examples of fathers and some of us may not even know that father but this morning as we look at God's word there is one father that is great and that is God the father and actually, this morning, we need to just keep pointing to that Father, the one who is the best, the one who will never let us down, and the one who provides our needs. So, I don't know about you, but growing up, uh, I used to love adventure films and stories. Any other fans? Yeah? Okay. Books, Treasure Island. Any Treasure Island fans? Okay. Bit of, bit of uh, uh, Long John Silver. I loved The Hobbit. One of my first memories was getting a book out of the library was The Hobbit, and I loved The Hobbit and the films that were made of it, and I loved adventure stories from The Hobbit to Treasure Island, from Indiana Jones to The Goonies. Any Goonies fans? I'm going to hesitate to recommend films because the chads didn't like The Princess Bride. Have you seen The Goonies? Well, that's a good one. (laughs) Honest. Hey, you guys. Okay. But many of the stories that I loved as a child would often involve a hunt for treasure, maybe even a map. And what would be on that map? X marks the spot. Because everybody wants to get to that X. Because if they get to the X on the treasure map, if they can, their whole focus for the entire film is to find their way to where the X marks the spot. Because when they get to the X marks the spot and they dig, they find treasure. Or in the case of the Goonies, I won't spoil it, but it's lots of treasure and they don't have to dig. But anyway, X marks the spot. And when you find the X, you find the whole focus of the story. Yeah? And the goodies are after it, but everyone's after it. And actually, without that X, without that treasure, without that map, the story is rubbish. It has ups and downs. It has thrills aplenty. But I want to ask you, as we look at this morning's passage, it's quite a simple message this morning. There's nothing earth-shattering, I don't think. But I want to ask each one of us, where's your X? Where's your X marks the spot? Where's your treasure? Where would we find and where would others need to go to find your treasure? What is it? What is it that you are focused on getting to? What is it that you really want to see? And that others around you, if they see it in you, would want to get there too. Where is your X marks the spot? Matthew chapter 6, we're going to carry on looking and we're going to read it in some chunks. But Matthew chapter 6 contains some very familiar verses. And Matthew 6 verses 19 to 21 starts us off. It says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy 
and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So first thing is, store up. Store, store it up in heaven, not on earth. Think of what's of eternal significance. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news recently, that the time capsule that was buried in the Blue Peter Garden, any Blue Peter fans from 40 years ago, you know, I thought it was a bit square personally. I always got, you got to news round and you thought, oh, this is going to be rubbish now. But um, Blue Peter buried a time capsule in the garden 40 years ago. And they decided they were going to open it up because they wanted to see. And the whole point of this time capsule was that people would remember what was important to the children of 40 years ago. Yeah? So they opened it up. What do you think they found as they opened it up to explain what life was like 40 years ago? What do you think they would find? They found brown, smelly sludge. Okay? Oh, don't sound so sad. They opened it on this morning, and it was underwhelming and rotten. And in fact, as they opened it, Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby and Sarah Green, who doesn't look like she's aged at all, decided not to show the cameras what was in there. Because all this stuff that had been stored and buried in the ground so that we could have this amazing reveal 40 years later had turned into brown, smelly, sludgy mess. The whole focus of the box and the ground opening was ruined because actually what was stored up in the ground had allowed water in, had allowed other things in, and it had turned to mush. You know, Jesus has spent the first half of this message addressing particularly the religious people, particularly those that taught, correcting their teaching. And he's addressed issues of the heart in some of the negative effects of our hearts when the focus isn't quite right. And now he starts to talk to everyone gathered, but it still focuses on the heart. And where is our treasure? If I said to you, what do you really treasure? Each one of us would have something different. But what are you working towards? What is your life building up to? You can spend your life building up finances. You can find your life building up stuff, acquiring things. You can spend your life on your career, determined to get that next step on the rung. Your social life might be important to you. Your reputation. But where is your X marks the spot? Where is your treasure? Because if it's in those material things or the things that one day won't matter then you could be left with a ruined, worthless box of sludge. You could be left with a brown, stinky, smelly mess. Whereas God says, through Jesus, store up treasure in heaven. When my kids were little, and when I was little, I used to connect panini stickers. Yeah? Anyone else a fan of the football sticker book? Yeah? No? No, just me? Oh, um, thank you. We can be friends later on and have a coffee. 
Panini stickers. I used to love when a football tournament came round, you'd be buying packets of stickers on the way home from school. You wanted to fill every space. If you got a shiny, it was all exciting, wasn't it? If you got a shiny, oh, shinies. And then you'd have a pile of swapsies that you went to school and swapped. And I was determined every time there was a football sticker book, I needed to fill my sticker book. I wanted to fill every page. And if you got to just that point where you had a certain number left, you could cheat. Because you could write to Panini and say, we need this one, this one, this one, and this one, and paper, sticker, and you could fill the book. And I must have filled loads of Panini sticker books. Do you know where they are now? Neither do I. I haven't got a clue. Maybe they were worth something if I'd have kept them. But do you know what? I spent days, hours, months with my treasured sticker books. My kids had crazy bones. I don't mean they were like, Wee! although Joel is a bit like that. Crazy bones. Anyone remember crazy bones? Parents? Yeah? These little plastic things. I don't know how much they cost. Probably 50p a packet. And you've got a couple of these plastic things. And they, they devised a game, a bit like marbles, that you're supposed to play in the playground. And they were supposed to collect them. Joel had a box, a tin box, full of these plastic figures. As a teacher at the time in school, they were the bane of teachers' lives because people would say, well, swap you this. And then people would change their mind and go, he's got my baby. And then it'd be like, oh, mass fights breaking out. Because everybody was obsessed with crazy bones. Everybody wanted them. You know, stickers, models. I don't mean like models, as in, ooh. Okay, I mean like Airfix models, Warhammer models. They go through these phases. Pokemon cards. Joel's still got some. How old are you? 24. <laughs> got it right. Pokemon cards. A lot of them he's given away now to people who are younger than him, who probably will get the value for now. But you know what? Eventually, who cares? We invest our time, our effort, our money, and that's just children. But think of it, us adults are as bad, aren't we? We invest our time and our money, our resources in things that actually eventually just get given away or sold on or sat in a box somewhere gathering dust or sludge. What seems to be so important in the moment becomes irrelevant as time goes by. It becomes irrelevant as time goes by. Do you know this morning, God never becomes irrelevant. God never becomes obsolete. God never changes. Yesterday, today, forever. God stays the same. He is just as important in the beginning as he is at the end and in between. He is not irrelevant. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. If your treasure's in the stuff you collect and the stuff you gather and the things you want to do, then you're going to be disappointed, ultimately. There's a book by John Ortberg that's called When the Game's Over, Everything Goes in the Box. And he talks about the fact that actually when life is over, everything goes back in the box. And actually, what is important is of eternal value. What do you treasure? What do you value? Do you value your appearance? You know, I've said before, I used to spend ages on my hair. I was very precious about where I got it cut. I would go to the same hairdressers if they weren't available, not go in, because I couldn't trust anybody else to, to manage my beautiful locks. And look at me now. I stand there in my bathroom with a buffer thing going, until it's all gone. Because that's, and do you know what? Life is better without it. Trust me. Try it. 
Try it. It's great. Johnny, try it. Honest. It's great. Where's your X mark in the spot? Where is your X mark in the spot? Because if you find where that X is on your treasure map, that's where your heart is. That's where your focus is. What we desire tells us a lot about the state of our hearts. What we chase after tells us a lot about the state of our internal being. And whatever we have is meant to be shared and held lightly. Jesus said to that man who had riches, that man who'd done everything you're supposed to do, I've followed the law, I've obeyed what the word says. And Jesus said to him, well, give everything you've got away and follow me. And he went away sad. Because he wasn't willing, because his treasure was in his riches. He was following and going through the motions. He was going to the synagogue. He was following the rules. But ultimately, his heart wasn't in it. Where is your heart? There's nothing wrong with wisdom. There's nothing wrong with being able to give our children an inheritance if we can. But it's not about having for having's sake. Jesus is saying, what are we doing for eternal significance? Because that's never going to be destroyed. That is never going to perish. That is never going to end up as a brown sludgy mess in a box. That is something that's praiseworthy. When Jesus is our treasure, we don't hold back. When Jesus is our treasure, we don't begrudge. When Jesus is our treasure, we give from the heart, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's our patience. The aim of the treasure map is to get to the X. That's where everybody wants to be. Do you want to be closer to Jesus? Is he your treasure? Is the things of God your focus? Are they the things you long to be near? Because your heart will be wherever you treasure. What drives you and what motivates you, what keeps you going is what you treasure. And a heart for Jesus will keep us generous. A heart for Jesus will keep us loving. A heart for Jesus will keep us joyful. It was great to see Mary and Jim this week. Uh, back from their, their little trip to the fjords and then they've gone home today. But one of the things they said was, you know, in, in, in the role that I play, there must be so much disappointment. And there is. I love, I love doing what we do for church and I love the people we meet. But there is a lot of disappointment. But you know what? I choose joy. I choose Jesus because, you know, Jesus was disappointed by his disciples. Do you know what? He got close to his father because when we're close to the father, that's where our treasure is. That's what keeps us going. Matthew chapter 6 goes on to say this, verses 22 to 23. The eye is in the lamp of, sorry, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So not only what you're treasuring, what you're looking at, what your eyes fixed on, what your eyes chasing after. Do you remember the beginning of this section, it talked about lust and murder, and it talked about that look that we give. That look, if you look in that way, it's as bad as doing the deed. Lust and murder come from the heart, but it also is what our eyes take in. Anyone in the room have dogs, okay? You don't need to embarrass, it's fine to have dogs, okay? If you've got a dog, you'll know what it's like when you sit down to have a little snack. Yeah? You sit down to have a little snack, 
And what does the dog do? First of all, it comes and sits right at your feet so you can notice it. You can't avoid the dog. The dog is sat there. You cannot get away from the dog. The next thing it does is you pick up off your plate part of your snack and the dog looks at the snack. And then as your hand moves towards your mouth, the dog goes, follows it all the way into your mouth. And it does this process over and over again because it's looking at the snack and it's going, I want a bit of that. And sometimes they'll bark if they're a bit annoyed. Our dog's a bit blind, so she has to bark to get your attention. She can't do that because she just stares at the wall. She thinks she's looking at the food, but she stares at the wall. But the dog's eyes follow what it wants. The dog traces that snack because it's so desperate to get a bit of that food. Dogs, watch every mouthful. This bit, Jesus is just saying, what are your eyes focused on? What are your eyes focused on? Like that dog with laser eyesight following the snack. What morsels of God's word are you opening up to this week? What morsels are you really training your eyes to look at? Because Jesus says, look at the light. And it will fill your body with light. It will fill your whole world with light. Where are your eyes fixed? Because when we fix them on darkness, the whole of our inner being becomes dark. So where's your heart? Where's your eyes? Then he goes on to say this in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This whole section, Jesus is saying, what are you treasuring? What are you chasing after? He's just spoken about generosity, giving and fasting. Now he's saying, where's your heart? Where's your heart really at? Don't just come and listen on a Sunday or listen on the, in the synagogue or on the Sermon on the Mount. Take it in and do something with it. Because you can't have a part-time faith. I, uh, when I did the youth work for church, I did part-time for church and part-time for school. And it was great in terms of church. It supported what I did in church and it was a great, great job. And I loved that little island of normality in school. That might not sound good for new bands, but it was an island of normality in school because it was a routine. I knew what to expect. The rest of the week could be a little bit crazy, but it was like a little island of, I liked it. But it was really hard because I had two part-time jobs, but both of them were actually like full-time jobs. It was like having two full-time jobs crying out for my attention. And it was really, the longer it went on, the harder it became. It's really difficult, tiring, to juggle, to, to switch your focus. It could be frustrating. It could be difficult. I could say some things with one hat on as a teacher and some things with one hat on as a youth worker. I couldn't say the same thing in both places because I could get myself into all sorts of difficulties. Those of you who are Christians and teaching and head teachers, you know what that's like. It's not easy. But it was almost like being two different people. And towards the end, it became really, really exhausting. I think some of us try and do that with Jesus. We have a part-time faith. Part-time here and part-time there. And do you know what? It becomes exhausting. Why don't you just try and get your focus on the one? Let's fix our eyes on the one rather than both. Because what you treasure becomes your master. Where your heart is masters you. 
It controls you. Now, God is a good master <laughs> because he gives us free will. But also, he loves us and gives us life to the full. But where your treasure is, it will control you. It will consume you. You just need to look around at people whose focus and fixation is on the wrong things to see how dark life becomes, how lonely life becomes. Because whatever you treasure controls you. It makes your decisions for you. You can't have a part-time faith. It's impossible. There is no 2x marks the spots on that treasure map. Can you imagine on that treasure map in the goodies, if it had 2x marks the spots, what's the point in chasing after both of them? Doesn't make much of a film, does it? Doesn't make much of a story. Doesn't make much of an adventure. There's not 2x marks the spots. There's just Jesus that you treasure or there's yourself. That's what it boils down to. There's Jesus that you treasure or your own self-full ambition. The final section, and normally you don't hear these two together, but I thought it was important this morning to do this. The final section of this passage starts with, therefore. It's really important, that. So Jesus has just said, what do you desire? What do you want? What are you chasing after? Because that's the heart attitude of desire. Now he says, what are you scared about? Those two things go hand in hand. What do you desire? What do you fear? What do you desire? What do you fear? He says, therefore, do not worry. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34 says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I recommend you read those words again to yourself, because they're really important. It's easy, isn't it, for me to say to you, don't worry. <laughs> you know, they've done a, a survey of worries, and I think out of 100% of worries, if you did a pie chart... There's only 4% of the things that we worry about that we can do anything about. Most of them are things that have already happened, so you can't change that. Some of them are things that you have no control over. Some of them are things that might happen, but probably won't. But ultimately, we spend a lot of our life worrying because that's our heart attitude. What does Jesus say? Fix your eyes on me. Make me your treasure. Make God, make, make, make God's word your treasure. Make his holiness, his righteousness your treasure. Therefore, don't worry. If we do that, then why do we need to be afraid? 
Why do we need to have that worry? If our desires are right, then our worries will be less. What we desire is important. You know, cost of living is very relevant at the moment, isn't it? You know, it's costing £100 to fill our cars up. But maybe, you know, maybe more of us need to ride bikes. I know it's not possible for everybody, but maybe there are little things we can all do. And I'm not going to suggest to you what you need to do, because that would be insensitive, and I don't know your situation. However, there are people out there at the moment who say they're having to choose between eating and heating. We shouldn't be in that situation. There are people, some crazy statements have been made by a politician. One was saying that we need to just eat more venison. I don't know if that means you go out and kill the deer yourself. Maybe we go in the park and get a few pigeons and squirrels. I don't know. I'm sure it tastes okay. (laughs) Who knows? But we need to be wise, don't we? There may be times of difficulty. I know there'll be people in this room today who who are concerned about what the future holds. And maybe it consumes you every day. Well, Jesus says, get your treasure right. Because actually, if you seek me first, I'll clothe you. I know what you need. It says in those verses, your heavenly Father knows what you need. The difficulty is, if we're not near to the Father, it's very difficult for him to give us it. If we're living away from the Father most of the time, then he can't just hand over what you need because you're not present. We need to be more present. Maybe our hairdresser appointments could be less regular. You know, I don't, I've grew it myself. You know, Shirley's had hers done for the first time in about 20 years. It looks beautiful. But, you know, maybe something we need to do is look at actually what can we cut back on. You know, one frustration when we delivered food parcels was um, some of the doors we knocked on, there were children overjoyed that they had marshmallows. There were children absolutely over the moon. Some children in pyjamas who clearly had been up all day with nobody feeding them. That broke my heart. But there was also some places that made me a bit cross. I'll be honest. Because I'd deliver this big box of food and on the side there was a big McDonald's bag. And I'd be like, but it wasn't my place to turn around and say, well, I'm sorry, I'm not giving you this food. You've clearly had a McDonald's. Because God gives to those that deserve. We were there to provide for all. Or recycling bins that overflowed with bottles consumed that week. One thing I would say is that food was delivered if it was asked for. Yeah? Food was delivered if it was asked for. Seek first his kingdom. Maybe we're worried about what the future holds. Well, Jesus says, look at the birds. They're okay. They don't go to work and earn a a fortune. They just nick everybody's chips as they come out of the chippy. They nick your pasties, you come out of Greg's. They're okay. I put two Greg's on the high street so they can swoop in. Easy. Jesus says, look at the flowers. Look at the beauty of the flowers. Even Solomon wasn't dressed as well. God knows what you need. He knows what you want as well, but he knows what we need. And his promise is he will never let us down. But Jesus says, get your treasure focus right. Then you won't need to worry. One example is the George Muller example who had orphanages 
And the famous story is the day he came down with his orphans and they'd set the table for breakfast and they had nothing in the pantry. They had not a jot in the cupboards. And yet he said to the kids, we're going to give thanks for our food. And what happened next? Knock at the door. Milk van had broken down. All the milk was going to go to waste. Could he make use of it? Another knock at the door. Oh, the baker had made too many buns. Do you want some bread? Why? Because his focus, his treasure was in Jesus. He didn't need to worry. I'm sure as he prayed that prayer with those orphans, he did not know what was going to happen. But he didn't appear worried because he knew his father knew what he needed. He knew his dad had his back. Why? Because what he treasured was Jesus. What he desired in his heart helped him deal with what many would think his heart should fear. What he desired helped him deal with his fears. Where is our treasure? Where's your X marks the spot? Where is your focus? Just going to go back to the beginning. In the beginning, God created. And there's two words in that Genesis chapter, tohu and bohu, I think they're called. Tohu and bohu. Tohu meant wasteland, derelict and devastated. Bohu meant dark, chaotic void. In the beginning, there was tohu and bohu, wasteland, barrenness, chaos. Maybe some of you in this room this morning are experiencing the tohu and bohu of life. A wasteland, barrenness, chaos, dark. But what did God do? God spoke and he filled it. God brought this out of tohu and bohu. So if you're living life in chaos and wasteland, you can be confident that God can speak and bring what you need. He knew what was needed. Abraham and Sarah, old, barren, wasteland, tohu and bohu, brought what they needed. He provided a son. He provided a place. He provided people. He provided flocks. Why? Because God keeps his promises. Where is your X marks the spot? Where is your X marks the spot? Where is it on your treasure map? Where does your heart search for in the waking moments of each day? Because if it's not in God, you're looking in the wrong places. If it's focused on your next career move, if it's focused on your finance, if it's focused on those things, take your eyes off the ground and look to the heavens. Where is your treasure? Are we longing for time with Jesus? God knows what we need. I'm going to finish with two verses from Philippians chapter 4. Paul is in prison. He's gone through horrendous times. And Paul says this. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And what is the secret? I can do all that through Christ. Where my treasure is, is what keeps me going. Where my treasure is, where my eyes are looking, is what sustains me. Where is your
Is it in the Father on this Father's Day? Is it in the one who knows what we need? I'm just going to read those same verses in the message version. It says this. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy. Is that what we want today? I've found the recipe for being happy. Whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Where is your focus? Where's your heart? Where's your treasure? Because if your desires are right, your worries will go smaller. I don't want to belittle anybody's worries this morning. I don't want to say that your worries aren't that important. But I do want to say he's bigger. He's bigger. We sing it all the time. It's time to live it. I'm going to invite our prayer team to stand at the back, whoever's praying this morning. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to worship some more. But I want us to wait on God. And this morning, maybe that tohu and bohu is what is really where you are. The darkness, the difficulty. I'm just going to be quiet. And if anything has resonated with you this morning at all, anything at all, then I want to invite you to go and be prayed with. Even if it's something you've never done before, even if it's something that's alien to you and you think, oh, there's more important people than me. (laughs) There's at least five people, five places you can go for prayer now. So I'm going to pray, and as I pray, if that's something you want to do, just stand up from your seat and walk to the back and receive from God. So Father God, this morning, I pray that you will show us where to draw our X. I pray that you will help us to fix our eyes on what's eternal. I pray, Lord, that you will help us not to be ashamed of the situations we're in, but Father God, to give everything to you, that the desires of our heart will grow more important than the worries of our life. Father, I pray, Lord, that you are the God that says you know what we need. And this morning, we bring to you what we need. And we say, God, I need you. I need you. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. We're just going to be still as the band comes up. We're going to start to worship. But please, this morning, go and receive prayer. If you've got worries on your mind, give them to God. And he will honor you.